Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. With that said, make sure to like, subscribe, and check us out on YouTube and Discord. With that said, enjoy the episode. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, to give you the top 10 daily stats and your crypto news of the day. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and Discord. With that said, let's go ahead and get started with the top 10 daily stats, starting off with, of course, Bitcoin settling at $45,298.42 with a 7-day loss of 9.4% and a market cap of $852 billion. Number 2. Ethereum settling at $3,333.26 with a 7-day loss of 14.4% and a market cap of $391 billion. Number 3. Cardano settling at $2.59 with a 7-day loss of 8.9% and a market cap of $83 billion. That, that's a big difference from 2, uh, two and 3, right? Yeah. Number 4, Tether, settling at $0.98 cents with a 7-day loss of 1.1% and a market cap of $68 billion. Number 5, Binance Coin, settling at $409.73 with a 7-day loss of 17.9% and a market cap of $63 billion. Number six, XRP, settling at $1.09 with a seven-day loss of 12.9% with a market cap of $50 billion. And number seven, Solana, settling at $173 and a seven-day gain of 24% and a market cap of $50 billion. Number, that, that's, XRP and Solana are, are neck and neck right now. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen here in the next oh, 24 hours, right? Exactly. Solana's going to take six. That's what I predict. I think too. Number eight, Polkadot. Settling at $33.63 with a seven-day gain of 3.5% and a market cap of $34 billion. Number nine, Dogecoin. Settling at $0.24 cents with a seven-day loss of 19.2% and a market cap of $31 billion. And last but not least, USD coin settling at $1.01 with a 7-day gain of 0.5% and a market cap of $29 billion. All right, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10 daily stats. Your overall overall total market cap is at $2.16 trillion, down by 2 point, uh, correction, 0.2%. All right. Remember to get your candies. Oh, yeah. Get your daily candies. Oh, check this out. This is crazy. The Bitcoin market cap dominance is at 39.4%. I mean, every single week it's going lower and lower and lower and lower. The flipping is going to happen. It's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. At this rate, at this rate, Bitcoin is just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Is it the doom for crypto or is it just like the next evolution of crypto? We'll see. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Candies. Let me show the candies real quick. The This is where you go. You collect that little candy jar up on top. And you sign in. You collect your candies. Obviously, I've already collected mine. Got to wait another two hours to collect day four. And yeah. All right. 
So we'll start off with the crypto news of the day. First news written by Matthew DeSalvo. Spin-off board apes and pudgy 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 penguins are spreading fast on Solana. Arr. NFT collections inspired by Board Ape Yacht Club and Pudgy Penguins are spreading fast on Ethereum rival Solana and selling for huge amounts of money. London-based blockchain ad- advisory firm Moonrock Capital yesterday bought a what is it? Uh, degenerate. Degenerate Ape Academy Solana-based NFT for $1.1 million. Others in the collection are on the market cap for as much as $1.7 million. That's insane. Why? Don't ask why. You know why. Yeah. The unofficial NFT collection was inspired by the hugely popular Ethereum-based Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT collection, a collection of 101 Bored Apes sold this week for $24.39 million at Auction House Sotheby's. Uh, another collection, Solana Apes, which mints NFTs with randomized trait combinations unique from the ETH Apes, dropped first. The generic collection, though, has a different design and is only based on the same animal. The the Degenerate Collection is distinct from the first Ethereum-based collection of apes and only shares the same animal. Soul Penguins, which look a lot like Ethereum-based Pudgy Penguin collections, are also spreading on the Solana blockchain, but not selling for much money. The floor price is 1.6 Soul, or $281. Right now, most of the lucrative NFTs projects, like tokenized artwork, sound clips, video, or chatbots, are housed on Ethereum. I didn't know there's chatbots NFTs. That's that's interesting. I gotta try. I gotta check those out. The project was uh, the projects are spreading on Solana to make the most of the blockchain's low transaction fee. The low transaction fee probably means we could afford to live in Manhattan. Tweeted Degenerate Ape Academy on September seventh. All right, look at there it is. Solana apes, nice. All right, we'll leave it at that. Let's go to the next one. On. So, from Tim Hucky. Cartoon Lobster NFT DAO gives $4 million to crypto lobbyist. DAO uh, has unanimously voted to donate $4 million in crypto it raised through the sale of 10,000 Lobby Lobster NFTs to Washington crypto lobbying group Coin Center. The sale, which took place on August 5th, sold out in less than one hour and raised a thousand ETH, around four million dollars at the time. For crypto lobbyists trying to get regulators off the back of decentralized finance, aka DeFi, each lobster NFT sold for 0.1 ETH, worth roughly at the time $390. The destination of the proceeds will was undecided at the time of the sale, but the DAO poll voted yesterday to give funds to nonprofit research and advocacy organization Coin Center. There's a quick tweet here, but uh, this is just basically saying what I already said. The NFTs are resold on OpenSea at 2.5% goes to OpenSea and the remaining 7.5% goes to other lobbying groups and organizations. The organizations will be decided through monthly polls. Tough times are ahead, however. The crypto industry is bracing itself for tighter regulatory scrutiny over the coming months. Middle of August 2021, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Gary Gensler said he's in favor of regulating decentralized finance. At the start of the month, Gensler addressed the European Parliament's Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee 
labeled crypto highly speculative. Two days later, it emerged that the SEC launched a probe into the decentralized exchange Uniswap. On Wednesday, the SEC threatened to sue Coinbase if it proceeded with a plan to introduce a lending product that would pay stablecoin uh, stable owners 4% interest. Mm. The threat, which revolved around whether Coinbase's product constituted a security offering, prompted a 21-tweet response from Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, wow. who said that there's been some really sketchy behavior coming from the SEC as of late, recently. Cryptocurrency venture capitalist Andreessen Horowitz has hired a wave of former Washington officials to help prepare for the changing political attitudes toward crypto. This week, the firm... The former Republican commissioner of the U.S. Commodity, U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission to advise it on the policies about crypto investments. And earlier this year, Binance U.S. hired Brian Brooks, a former head of the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency under Trump and coin former chief legal officer, although he is appointed his appointment didn't last very long. Brooks resigned three months later, citing <coughs> differences over strategic direction. And there's a tweet from him, basically confirming what I already said. It looks like choppy waters ahead for DeFi, but could pumping a load of money into Washington help the sector weather the storm? I think that, <clears> might, <throat> that might help. I mean, what, what are they really after here? What's the, is it okay. is protecting the people, or is it getting a lot of money. So, so in regards to the SSC, first of all, this last sentence here looks like choppy waters ahead for DeFi. Now, is it is it really DeFi or CeFi? I, I want to make that clarification because you can't really, yeah, you can't really, the, the SSC can't really do much with DeFi, right? Once it's out, it's out. Real DeFi, that's true. Right. right. There's no way so stop it. CeFi, and that's what Coinbase is doing at CeFi. That they should have they should have put CFA on here. Who who was this that wrote this? Mister Mister Tim Tim Haki. Yeah, definitely you gotta gotta write that a little better. Um, in regards to the SEC, I have no clue what their their end goal is or their end game is. But it, there is obviously a lot of sketchy stuff. They're literally they're literally trying to hit every single exchange. With no, especially Coinbase. Coinbase, they, they had they had a confrontation with the SEC, had 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 a sit down with them, and they literally, uh, Coinbase literally asked the SEC, explain what you want, and we will comply to to basically those mandates. And the SEC is like, well, you're just, you're out of violation. Well, what does that even mean? It's like, uh, well, it doesn't matter. You're out of violation. It's like, well, can you prove to us or explain to us what that means? Nope, it doesn't matter. You're out of violation. It's like they have no proof yep, yep. of nothing. So it's just scare tactics. They're just trying to scare people straight, effectively. It's like, can you show us? You can, you you have all the records from Coinbase. Can you please show us where in our documents showing that we're out out of out of order, so we can get that fixed? That's what Coinbase said. SEC says, well, uh, we haven't really had enough time to look through everything. But just letting you know, you are out of order. It's like that, 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 that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. Stupid. SEC. I don't know what's going on there, man. What's the angle? I, it, my my conspiracy on this is that the SEC really wants to push out a a, a, um, uh, a, a CBDC, and they kind of want to knock everyone else down, or or that the banks 
the banks have really uh, influenced the SEC to pretty much because the, the main issue is interest rate right that's the main thing interest rate the banks obviously want to be the the ones to be the the heroine of all this right but you can't really compare banks to to DeFi or to the interest rates that you earn off of crypto there is absolutely no comparison to a 10 percent uh, a 10 percent uh, 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 interest rate in comparison to what banks give you 0.01 percent that there's no comparison like you the banks don't even give you one percent doesn't matter how much money you have. Wells Fargo, it's 0.001%. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, why even bother giving your money? It's just a place to put it. Yeah, and it's getting to that point where in the future, because of all this inflation, um, it's 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 noted that I think if you have over like a million or $10 million, I forgot the exact number, that you actually are going to be penalized for holding that much money in in uh, in savings. That, isn't that crazy? Like your money. Oh, you have too much money. We're going to start penalizing your savings account an uh, uh, X amount of percentage because the idea behind that is that they want these people that hold that much money to push it back into the market for circulation. Do something with it. Do oh, something with it. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. It, makes, I mean, it really comes right down to it. Money is a tool. Yeah. If you're not using that tool, it's going to go to waste. I mean, I know people want to have it for whatever reason, but I mean, you, you really should... I'm not gonna get into it right now, but it, it, it's it's a tool. It's a it's something you should be doing. You don't just sit on it. Don't just be Scrooge McDuck when you're gigantic, you know, vault full of gold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Okay, let's head on to the next one. All right, next article written by Tim Hucky. All right, Avalanche. Oh, did you notice this week? This weekend they actually put names down instead of like last week where it was just the decrypt team or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Back to yep. Yeah, they must have. They must have heard you say something. So yeah, <laughs> Avalanche and Polkadot surge despite low global trading volumes. It's Sunday today, which means crypto trading is is keeping the Sabbath like everywhere else. But that hasn't stopped Altcoin, Avalanche, and Polkadot from from hurtle, hurt, hurtling, hurtling, hurtling up the crypt up the crypto market capitalization leaderboard. Just yesterday, Avalanche was the 20th biggest cryptocurrency by market cap, according to data aggregator Nomix. Today, it's up 6th place to 14th to set a new all-time high price of $61.44, or 23.89% higher than it was yesterday. Developers Avalabs tout Avalanche, which went live on, in September last year, as blazing fast, low-cost, and eco-friendly. Like Ethereum, Avalanche is a smart contract platform, which means that thanks to its self-executing code, developers can launch a plethora of decentralized exchanges and non-custodial lending apps on the blockchain. Avalabs claims Avalanche can handle 4,500 transactions a second, which is significantly more scalable than Bitcoin's 7 transactions a second and Ethereum's 14. Avalanche is also greener than Bitcoin and other proof-of-work consensus mechanisms which rely on high energy consumption to validate transactions. Under Avalanche's proof-of-stake model, anybody staking at least 2,000 AVAX uh, can process transactions and mine uh, AVAX, AVAX. Uh, Polkadot also jumped AVAX, yeah. Polkadot also jumped from 10th to 9th place in the biggest, where, where is it now? Is it still 9th? Hold on, let's go back over here real quick. I think it went higher than ninth, wasn't it? Was it eighth? Let's check here. 
Yeah, it's eighth. Look at that. It's already in eighth place. Insane. Just in a few hours. Okay, Polkadot also jumped from 10th to 9th place in the big 8th place to the biggest cryptocurrencies by market cap. Polkadot surged 8.48% overnight to reach an all-time high of 33.52%. Like Avalanche, Polkadot is a proof-of-stake that facilitates interoperability between blockchains. Unlike Avalanche's, Polkadot doesn't natively support smart contracts on its main relay chain, but supports smart contracts on so-called parachains. Market leaders Bitcoin and Ethereum are lagging behind today. The world's most popular cryptocurrency is currently valued at $46,215, just 1% higher than it was yesterday. Meanwhile, Ethereum, the current uh, the currency for the original smart contract blockchain, is worth $3,437 and encouraging 3.2% higher than yesterday. Obviously, it's a lot lower than that. That's crazy. Well, I mean, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is at $45,035. Yeah, $100 less, and Bitcoin's about, down about 1000 Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So there you go. Um, so I guess Polkadot's a thing, right, man? That's. I mean, what would you do, Polkadot or Avalanche? It's not, I, what is this parachain? Just, just a little bit of each, but I mean, each of them has their own promising techniques. I think the thing that's most interesting is Solana. Solana's, I mean, I know that's not what the article's about, but... Uh, <laughs> um, between Avalanche and Polkadot, I think Polkadot has had more time, and Avalanche is catching up quickly. Ironically, um, so I would say I would probably go with Avalanche. But what is this pair of chains? I got. I, I. I mean, I haven't personally looked into uh, uh, Avalanche or Polkadot either. Either of them, but uh, pair of chains, huh? Interesting. Look into that. Alrighty, so. Again, from Tim, Tim okay. <laughs> Cardano, to launch smart contracts today, but where are the decentralized apps? Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, read this, read at, this. At, uh, yes, I, of course I'm going to. <laughs> at uh, 2144 and 51 seconds UTC tonight, Cardano will usher in smart contracts, implementing the Alonzo hard fork. But due to problems with its design, Several decentralized applications have delayed their launch, and Alonzo may only go live with a few POI smart contracts developed by Cardano's creator. Smart contracts, self-executing pieces of computer code, lay the groundwork for decentralized applications such as decentralized exchange, uh, exchanges and non-custodial lending apps. Alonzo brings Cardano's Cardano head-to-head with other smart contract-enabled blockchains, namely Ethereum, which were introduced in to them in 2015. And there's a tweet here from Input Output. Join us today, September 12th, uh, Sunday, September 12th, for the Alonzo HFC event and the start of Cardano's smart contract era. We'll watch the new epic rollover together with the chat from uh, the team and how far we've come. So basically, I mean, UTC, basically it's already happened, you know, probably, what, two hours ago, roughly. But, um, at least for us here, we're making this podcast here on the on the left coast of the United States at uh, 1500. So yeah, it already happened. But um, so join us together. In any case, it's 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 already started. So if you're listening to this now, check out uh, Cardano and see how it's doing by comparison. The anticipation for Alonzo sent the price of Cardano, that other known as ADA, 
rocketing earlier this month. Cardano hit an all-time high of $3.09 when Cardano's developer, IOHK, launched Alonzo's testnet on September 2nd. But the price later fell to $2.60 amid criticisms that the upgrade had difficulties processing concurrent transactions. The first Cardano decentralized app, a multi-pool exchange named MinSwap, shut down shortly after it launched because it struggled to process multiple transactions at once. The very thing you need for DeFi, mm. according to Ethereum investor Anthony Sassano. And he has a tweet with a lot of information. I'm not going to read it all. IOHK tweeted that these criticisms are, quote, speculation and, let's face it, outright fear, unrest, undoubt, and misinformation, end quote, before saying that the way Cardano handles unspent transactions affords greater security and fee predictability. <clears throat> Cardano fans are hoping another rally this evening and Cardano founder and Ethereum co-founder Charles Hoskinson promised that Alonzo will usher in a new era of Cardano. Another tweet from him saying basically that. Still, IOHK couldn't swat away its problems with a single tweet thread. Due to the issues, it's looking unlikely that Alonzo will launch with any killer applications. Several decentralized exchanges have said that they're They'll delay their launch until definitive solutions are found to the transaction bottleneck. Ever since the launch, its launch in 2015, Cardano's public image has leaned heavily on its claim of rigorous te technolo technical research and testing. Upgrades to the protocol are peer-reviewed by a pool of academics. The troubled launch can be <clears throat> could be taken as a major step back in YouTube's stream. On, pardon me, major step back pause for a period <laughs> in his YouTube stream on Wednesday Hawkinson confirmed that a, a few smart contracts that IOHK had developed would go live on day one with a market cap of $83 billion at the time of this writing, Cardano's prominence is nothing to sniff at but it could be at least a few more months before it's poised to become anything close to that Ethereum killer it's been chasing all this time mm-hmm Six years later, huh? That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, this is their first. This is why they're they're pumping up so much because it's their first time the Alonzo uh, hard fork being the first thing that they've actually they've actually done to their to their main chain. Um, what's going on with it? I don't I don't know what what. I, maybe they uh, Hoskinson just doesn't want there to be any leaks, any issues with it, uh, or. I, I don't I don't know. There's just there there's not enough transparency here of what's going on. That's that's my issue with it. And I don't like blockchains or companies that do this. Just just be frank with us. What's going on? Hey, you know what? Our our code isn't up uh, up to specs, so we're just going to go ahead and recall this even though we promised you that we're going to be out this time. Uh okay, cool. At least you're saying that, but they're not saying that. It's it sounds like they're they're trying to I, I guess because it's been so long at this point, they don't want any bad news or bad light cast on them. So they want to push as much good news in front as possible. But their good news being that they're trying to implement, uh, I guess, uh, uh, smart contracts, it's, it's not working. It's That's the issue is that now they're saying that, hey, w once we get this up and going, we don't really want to create... The, the smart contracts we want the developers to create smart contracts and utilize the uh, the Cardano uh, main chain, but at the same time they have their own stack of smart contracts that is out on 
on the platform. It's like, what, what's going on? I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Just transparency, please. Transparency. That's all I want. Yeah, it's tricky because it's, it's, a, it's a PR game, right? That's the... They don't want to uh, make themselves look bad while at the same time trying to improve what they're doing. So they're constantly pushing up like, well, if you failed, at least cop to it, you know? Well, uh, Hoskinson is, uh, if, if I recall correctly, Hoskinson was one of the original uh, developers of the Ethereum platform. So he has a lot of insights, but he is, he, he's not a PR person for sure. So if he's the one that came out uh with all this news, and it's, uh, there's obviously a tweet here that he put out, tomorrow's the big day, we're entering a new era of Cardano. He's not really that person. They need a, a, a really... His name holds a lot of value because he, he worked on Ethereum. So when he tweets, obviously everybody listens, but he's not really a, a PR guy. He's a, he's a coder. He, he let him do his stuff, but they need somebody to represent Cardano in, in better light because it's... I don't want to say it's people like him, but it's people like him that, that come out that can't really pull the public's attention in good light. It sucks. Right. It sucks. Yep. It's a tricky thing. That's the reason, like I said, with, with the Dynamo and Sean. Sean's a coder. He's, just because he's a creator doesn't mean he's a PR guy. He has his own PR guy for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you need someone who's good at promoting, who's willing to do that work, and still knows the tech. Yeah. But can put this put some spin on it so that um, people can understand what's really going on because they uh, Sean can talk tech all day long and he's done it on our podcast before but it's it's not something that's necessarily what everybody wants to hear you know especially it's like uh, you could know I guess the better analogy is you could know how to drive a car but not care how it works you just want to know what are the features I care about so PR guy does that yeah all right. So even though we're done with with uh, today's news, there's still a couple of awesome news in the past couple of days that I do I do want to cover. So here's one of them from yesterday, written by Danny Roberts and Jeff John Roberts. Ooh, that's a new person. Hey, under fire from SEC once again. Uh, crypto companies choose to die hard. All right. Let's see. When Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong tweeted on Tuesday night that the SEC threatened to sue if the company launched its high-yield Lend products, Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse was swift to response. Just 90 minutes after Armstrong's tweet, Garlinghouse tweeted a meme from Die Hard which, with Bruce Willis saying, Welcome to the party, pal. Oh, beautiful. I can't believe he did that. Oh, nice. That's hilarious, dude. That's a straight-up, oh, man. That's funny. Uh, the, the implied message Ripple has been fighting the SEC for over a year and now Coinbase is part of the fight. Like it or not, Mark Cuban also has a message for Armstrong. You have to go on the offensive. Cuban declined to expand for crypto on what that might look like. It's up to them. But one can argue Armstrong is already paying, uh, playing offense with the tone of his tweets. He accused the agency of intimidation tactics behind closed doors and concluded sarcastically, it's nice if you can actually enforce guidance evenly across the industry equally. What happens next will not be determined by tweets. The flagship companies of the crypto industries are under assault and they have begun to fight back, demanding a fair and consistent set of rules that make it clear what is legal and what is not. They have a point. Ripple's ugly battle with the SEC is over whether its sale of XRP tokens was unregistered securities offerings 
why did the SEC wait so long? Ripple has been selling XRP for eight years before suing, and why does the agency appear to be applying one legal test to Ripple and another to Ethereum? As for Coinbase, it says it went out of its way to consult the SEC on how to make its proposed lend products as secure and safe for investors as possible. According to Armstrong, the agency will not talk to them. Then there is decentralized exchange Uniswap, one of the most transparent companies in a fast and furious DeFi sector, but the SEC has chosen it as a target of investigation, overlooking as crypto lawyers Jake Shervinsky noted other uh, overt frauds, rug pulls, and pump and dumps in DeFi. It's no wonder Armstrong, Garlinghouse, and others have uh, had enough and concluded it might be better to roll the dice in court rather than continue to try to adhere to the SEC's current opaque crypt, uh, crypto policies and harsh enforcements. All of this is a surprising turn given that just a few months ago when the SEC's chair uh, Gary Gensler took the helm, uh, the industry was hailing him as pro-crypto because he taught a course on blockchain at MIT. Not only has Gensler so far not been the advocate that crypto people assumed, don't hold your breath on the U.S. Bitcoin ETF approval. He looks downright hostile. Now, the question of what the Gensler regime will do hangs over all companies, traders, miners, and investors in crypto land. One can only guess, perhaps Gensler is facing pressure from people in the White House and Treasury Department who see crypto as a threat to the U.S. dollar. Or maybe he really thinks the SEC is protecting investors. Many, many of those same investors are likely cursing him for blocking new ways to earn more than 5% interest on savings accounts rather than 0.5% or less and banks are paying. Yeah, that's exactly what I just said earlier. Whatever the reason for the conflict, crypto's big companies are in a dogfight. And what they'll do next will determine the future of the industry. Battling the federal government is a daunting task. But unlike the infighting of government uh, infighting of the recent past, big names in crypto are standing together like never before. This was evident the week when Kraken CEO Jesse Powell, a longtime ideological and commercial rival to Armstrong, came out with strong words of support for Coinbase. If the likes of Kraken and Coinbase can stand together, they can also form a, uni a united front with Uniswap, Ripple, and every other crypto from under siege from the SEC. Such an alliance would allow the industry to establish a common legal strategy. Of course, there's no guarantee it will work. The federal government has killed other emerging industries in the past, including online poker. But given that the SEC now looks open, openly anti-crypto, the time is right for the lending companies to go full John McClain. All right, let's see. Is that it? Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty good article, man. I like that. And that's exactly what I just said earlier. Yeah. Jeez. The other one that you wanted to I think it was the uh, Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins one. You want to talk about the one? Uh, let's see. Let's scroll on down here. All right. Let's see. Do, 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 Let's take a peek. Do I'll read that one if you read the other one that you're going to read from the night. Oh, okay, go ahead. So, see the trailer for Anthony Hopkins' NFT film Zero Contact. Release date and first trailer have been released for Zero Contact, a sci-fi film from Anthony Hopkins uh, that's being distributed as a non-fungible token. 
NFT. NFTs are cryptographic unique tokens that can be linked to digital content such as artwork, music, or in this case, a film. Options follow up to his Oscar winning turn in The Father finds him playing tech billionaire Finley Hart, who posthumously sets five people around the world the task uh, of preventing a global killing disaster event by shutting down his most secret invention, a machine that is either the solution to mankind's problems or the end of life on Earth. Compounding the problems, the group has the group's also being stalked by a mysterious nemesis. The film, produced remotely in 17 countries during COVID-19 pandemic, will be released as an NFT through digital distribution and viewing platform. View. View, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Vueli. <laughs> setting up in August 2021 in a partnership between production company Enderby Entertainment and fintech firm Currency Works, Vueli is billed as a direct-to-consumer viewing platform utilizing NFT technology, offering NFTs including feature films, behind-the-scenes content, bonus features, QA, Q&As, and memorabilia. Zero Contact producer Rick Dugdale announced that a limited run of Zero Contact NFT will be released with, ver with extras varying from token to token depending upon the price point. It creates scarcity in copies of the film and protects against piracy, Dugdale told the film industry publication deadline. Buyers will be able to purchase an NFT of Zero Contact using either cryptocurrency or credit cards. That's awesome. Like other creative industries, the film business is waking up to the potential of NFTs. Initially, that seen film franchises spinning off digital artworks and collectibles based on their IP with NFTs inspired by The Godfather, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Kevin Smith's new Viewers Universe <laughs> dropping through 2020 and 2021. But now, a growing number of filmmakers are looking to NFTs to fund their work. The indie director Jim Cummings is auctioning off an NFT of the script of his film Thunder Road to fund future films. There's a lot of Fs in that. While cryptocurrency uh, documentary Ethereum, the Infinite Garden is pardon me, Ethereum, the Infinite Garden, is being crowdfunded through a sale of NFTs on blockchain blogging platform Mirror. But perhaps the most interesting avenue for film NFTs is a means of distribution affording true ownership over digital copies of films. By a film, uh, pardon me, buy a film from a digital platform such as Amazon Prime Video, and you don't actually own it, as Amazon argued in California court, court in 2020. With NFTs, that's not the case. Rather mm. than a content license, you're actually purchasing the content itself, assuming it's properly preserved on chain. With NFTs able to represent a form, or any form of digital content, it looks likely that, with the early internet, they'll move from being a distribution platform for digital art to music and then to film. Zero Contact may be the first feature film released as an NFT, but it's certainly not going to be the last. Onside Hopkins Zero Contact also stars Veronica Ferez, uh, Alex uh, Ponovic, Lily Krohn, uh, TJ Kayama, and Martin Sternmark. Zero Contact released on September 24th. So, okay, I have questions. This is what Mike was talking about, but go ahead. Yeah, my question is, which chain is it going to be on? 
Yeah. If it's on if it's on Ethereum, then I don't know if I'm gonna buy it. I would like to have it, just because Anthony Hopkins is is a legend, and to have a first feature film as an NFT that would even be awesome, awesomer, awesomer. Okay, that's just that's just me. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a guinea pig for that. It's like yes, I'll take it. But I, I at this point I'm I'm anti Ethereum right now because just it's too much money and transaction fees say for example this movie is 20 bucks the transaction fee, how much is the let's go to gas station real quick eth gas station let's check let's check that out right now let's see here i'm going to tell you how much that's going to be for a 20 dollar film it's going to cost you mm, not bad 40 but still it's still 60 bucks 60 bucks it's not, I'm actually surprised it's that low. It's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, Look at that. Low. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised. This is the first time in like probably a couple no, years. It's been that low. It, no, it's been that oh. low before. And it was really, really, really low when they imp implemented the previous EIP uh, before 1559 hit in June, or rather, in, not in June, in July. But the, the one that implemented in June knocked the, knocked the value of, of ETH way down. It was, it was hitting one for the wow. slow transactions wow. for a while there. So it, it has been low. In fact, I made all my transactions from DAI and ETH at that time because the most expensive I even paid was $2. Mm -hmm. I've never seen ETH gas prices so low before. I was like, oh, two bucks? Yeah, no problem. I'll do, I'll do a lot of transactions right now. <laughs> yeah. So the last time... Now it's not terrible, but it's not great either. The last time I was I was playing uh, Ethermon. Remember that game I was talking about Ethermon? I was doing transactions on there, and I and I enjoyed the game because I like I like Pokemon, and uh, Ethermon is just like Pokemon, it's just on on the Ethereum uh, main chain. And I was doing I was doing transactions for battles because you got to do transactions for battles or adventures, and I was paying anywhere between two to five cents per per transactions, and that was that was fine for me. I didn't mind that because I was actually building up my mon, and of course as they get stronger and they they get more um, stats they become more valuable so you can sell them on the market if you want but i've been holding mine ever since uh main reason because i don't even have the well now it's 40 bucks but before it was like 150 bucks i'm not gonna pay 150 dollars transaction to put on open sea uh but yeah yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool let's head on back over here it's not terribly expensive but it was pretty high even after 1559 uh went through think it would have dropped but it's the nft craze that's driving the driving the price of uh, eth gas up right now so. so they gotta figure out what to do with that huh okay there was one more i wanted to read actually there was another one on um el salvador accepting bitcoin um i don't know where that article's at but send you guys know el salvador government has now accepted bitcoin officially banks if you go to el salvador you can go to the bank and they can accept your bitcoin by law they have to isn't that interesting we, we don't have that in the united states you can't just walk into a bank and say hey i have bitcoin can you uh just give me some some usd for it not not that you want to do that or anything but yeah that's that's yeah yep theirs was a debacle though right didn't the price uh value drop up almost uh, when when that happened? No, uh, I didn't read into it exactly. I just, I, I mean, I'm I'm grateful that that countries like Venezuela are um, 
getting on board with this idea, but it's, it's a question of, of whether or not it's going to be a functional thing. So, um, the problem that Venezuela struggled with for so long was that their the value of their money was so depleted. Um, mm -hmm. That's the reason a lot of people turn to other coins, because they're as, as volatile as, as Bitcoin can be. It's less volatile than the, than the national currency of that country. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. Not really, not really. <laughs> uh, but you know what's, what's nice about that is that they can actually utilize a Lightning Network. Lightning Network does exist. They can use that. They can do uh, um, daily transactions with that. Doesn't necessarily they mean they need to be on main chain. So that's awesome. They don't have to be harassed by, by governments or by their, um, I guess their what their their, their, um, their tax advisors. They just hold their Bitcoin and do their transactions with that. It's awesome. Okay, here's another article. Unless you got something else on that. Awesome. I think uh, is this the last article? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. This one's written by Jeff John Roberts. Binance U.S. names former Ant and Uber China executive as president. There he is. That's his face. That's him. The one and only. Binance announced on Thursday that Brian... Sh uh, Sh I, I don't want to mess this up. Schroeder. 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 I messed it up. Dang it. Brian Schroeder, an executive who has overseen operations in Asia for Uber and the Chinese fintech giant Ant Group, will take on the role of president at Binance US. The appointment comes one month after Binance US CEO Brian Armstrong abruptly quit after just three months on the job. His predecessor, Catherine Cooling, was ousted in May. All the while, Binance CEO Shengpeng Zhao, CZ, has reiterated he aims uh, his aim of taking Binance U.S. public in the next three years. The naming of Schroeder, a Harvard MBA who kept a low profile while occupying senior roles at Ant and Uber, appears to be an effort to st steady the ship. According to Binance.us, Schroeder will oversee st strategy and execution, fundraising, business, and corporate development, as well as manage the firm's legal HR and product and technology functions. In a statement, Schroeder said his experience at, at fast-growing companies will help him guide Binance.us towards an IPO and that he believes the firm has all the right ingredients to become the largest and most successful cryptocurrency and digital asset exchange in the United States. Schroeder also described the U.S. company as regulatory compliant, though it's unclear if, if this the case. What? Various U.S. authorities are reportedly investigating Binance for legal ir irregularities, while authorities in the U.K. recently described the company as not compatible or capable, sorry, not, not capable of being supervised. While those controversies related to Binance, not Binance.us, there has been over, uh, ongoing questions over whether the American operations is truly arm's length and independent as CZ has claimed. These questions were raised anew when the wake of Brooks' sudden departure, which led the New York Times and New York Magazine to report he had quit after CZ uh, reneged on a plan to make Binance.us more autonomous uh, through a new board structure and a new fundraising round. It's unclear if the hiring of Schroeder, who will also receive a seat on the board of Binance.us, will ally, 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 ally these concerns over the American company's independence. While he is a U.S. citizen, his previous work as a fundraiser for Uber China and extensive work in Asia, where Binance is primarily based, 
many fans, uh, many many fan suspicions that it is CZ who remains ultimately in charge. These perceptions could change, however, depending on who is named to replace Brooks as CEO of Binance.us. In the meantime, the U.S. operations is being led by an interim CEO. In a statement, CZ praised Schroeder, saying his substantial experience in strategy, operations, and business and corporate development will be critical as Binance.us seeks to raise external funds to support its rapid growth. All right. I like these kind of articles, man, because this is, to me, this is transparency. It gives me an insight of what's going on with the largest, the the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange. And here is the face. I can put a face to it now. The president of Binance.us. So where's CZ, where does CZ stand at? That's my that's my question. Hmm. That's a very good question. I mean, he seems to be, in general, very old about everything that he's doing. I mean, he, you know, all the other articles we've read involving Binance, mm-hmm. they keep making, um, portraying him out as being kind of this, you know, in your face, like we're going to do whatever we want because we're we're in the right according to the rules as they currently stand, or we try to get around your stupid rules with some other rule and. Know, too bad if you don't like it um, but he, I'm not saying 100% he's wrong I think that uh, it is kind of the new new age and they're saying you know it, you can't really stop uh, you know cryptocurrency you can't really stop it you can try to stop it but you can't really stop it so it's one of those things where you can be ballsy and in, in your own right <laughs> yeah it, what's interesting about this guy here, because I never heard his name before. This is the first time I've heard of him. But Ant Group is actually, if you don't know, Ant Group is actually the uh, corporate conglomerate that um, manages actually a lot of things in China. One of them being uh, 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 Bitmain. So Bitmain is yeah, Bitmain's under this. But Ant Group is a massive conglomerate uh, in, in, in China. In fact, it's probably one of the world's world's most um, successful corporate. What, what, I guess entity because they have so many. They have so many other branches underneath them. It's unbelievable. So, so he not, not only did he work for or you know operate uh, for Uber, but he also did Ant Group. So this guy does have experience, and not just a little experience. This is this is a lot. So yeah. Is, is is he a puppet for CZ? Mm, I don't know. Like like they said, time will tell. We will we shall see. Um, but knowing that he's worked in, the, in 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 Asia for a while, he knows how the Asian uh, business culture works. And that's a very important thing if you're going to be working with CZ. You got to know how 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 business works in, in different nations. All right, I think that's it, man. What do you think? How long have we been going now? We've been going on for, yeah, 45 minutes. Pretty good. This is pretty good. So, with that said, Cryptonauts, we do have, um, what is it, a, a Crypto Chill and Chat podcast coming up in, what, two weeks? Next week? Next next week. Next week. Next ne- Sunday. Next Sunday. Uh, so, it's, it's bi-weekly. Every other week, you come in, uh, check us out on the Discord channel. That's where we'll be. Bring your crypto coins, your crypto questions, whatever you want to chat, chat about. We'll be there. We had a pretty good show up on the last one for our first one, uh, but obviously we want more. We want to be more uh, more active with that. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. 
So with that said, make sure you get, get registered when you come in there because we need to make sure that people who are in there are, you know, ready to talk about the explicit. Uh, oh, that's right, if huh? Have questions? We have no problem with people asking questions. We have no problem with that at all. We just want to make sure that people know what's going on. So the thing would be just if you're interested in in uh, crypto chill and chat, it is a good idea to come and just check out the channel ahead of time. Yeah. Get to know people who are already in there participating on a regular basis, and then come join us, crypto chill. You know, that actually did remind me. There was, like, two other people that tried to get in, but um, they didn't pass. You got you got to pass the inspection, man. Okay? I have, I have uh, uh, what is it, Homeland Security at, at the front <laughs> at the front door watch, uh, watching everybody coming through. Yep. Okay? Yep. Clear the bot first, please, and then uh, then we can chat. But that's it, Kryptonauts. Check us out on Discord and YouTube once again. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely find my co-host. Jake Jabberly. And Mike will be back in a couple weeks. He's out. He's out on, on business. But, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome for him. We'll see him, uh, what, in a couple weeks? As for you, uh, Jake, I think you'll be out in a couple weeks as well. Uh, but no worries. We're going to keep keep it going. Uh, with that said, Kryptonauts, Stack, Sats, and Huddle. Adios. Adios. <laughs>